0: Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober. One of the biggest challenges in eating real food is finding sweets which are minimally processed, used real ingredients, and have some nutritional value. There are many options for natural sweeteners. Choices such as honey, coconut sugar, and maple syrup are among the most nutrient-dense. Plus there are desserts made with gelatin, which is a great way of incorporating more collagen in our diet. Here to talk with me about real desserts is Tanya Butts, owner and founder of Sweet Apricity. Tanya, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Aaron. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having
0: me. I'm very excited to have you here, too. I know we've talked about this for a while, and I think this is the perfect time with Halloween coming up. That's maybe the holiday where the most sweets, candies are purchased. And it's great to have you here talk with someone about alternative options for sweets and alternative options for sugar. So glad you could make it on. Thanks, Aaron. Me too. So in a little bit, we'll get into the products that sweet apricity cells. But first, let's talk about what inspired you to start this company in the first place.
1: Actually, Erin, it was completely accidental. My best friend had been managing six debilitating autoimmune conditions, and for four years, she was unable to have any sort of a treat or an indulgence, aside from getting to put honey into her tea. And so I had accidentally created, I was following the paleo diet and it was around the holidays and I desperately wanted like a pecan caramel chocolate cluster thing for the holidays. And so I accidentally developed a caramel that was safe for my friend to eat. And so when I gave it to her, she screamed and then she started sobbing and it was the most dramatic reaction to like anything any kind of food i've ever made but at the time like i'm a linguistic philosopher with a poet's lens so language is my thing it's just my favorite thing and so around that same time there was a word floating around the internet that had been retired in the 1600s and the word is apricity and it means the warmth of the sun in winter and so when i when i landed on that word i was like oh like that's what my friend experienced right she experienced the warmth of the sun in winter. She experienced reprieve from really hard things that she you know, hadn't been able to experience in a really long time. So, And because she's also infinitely smarter than I am, she said, you should sell these. And I was like, okay. And so, yeah, we just celebrated our sixth anniversary or our sixth birthday in September and have added more to our product line. So like the marshmallows and the lily puffs, and that's where it started.
0: Interesting. So it went from just having kept Palo yourself to then creating something for a friend, and then incorporating into a business. So what got you to originally go on the paleo diet?
1: I was a raw vegan for two years. And after two years of that, I realized that my body really started craving meat again. And so I was looking at the Weston Price diet, and then eventually that led me to paleo. So I began paleo back in 2012, I think it was. I kind of went from there.
0: Well, that's around the summer time that I started discovering all of this. You talked a little about the caramel. That was the product that kind of got sweet apricity going. What made you decide to make the other products, such as the marshmallows?
1: So, the inspiration for the marshmallows came about with the increasing knowledge or understanding or studies that have been done showing that grass fed gelatin is really great at helping heal the intestinal lining. And since a majority of autoimmune conditions tend to stem from leaky gut, the marshmallows just seemed like a really great second product to include. And then again, because I'm the nerd that I am, I was like, well, where do marshmallows come from? And so I had to do all this research about where did marshmallow come from? And so it turns out that we can trace the marshmallow's roots back to ancient Egypt. And they yes. used to do a honey sludge with marshmallow roots as an after-dinner digestive aid. So then I started looking at a marshmallow root. So with the marshmallows, we have the grass-fed gelatin, and then we have the marshmallow root, and both of them have just tremendous gut healing properties. So it was really exciting that we could create this thing that's not only delicious, but also has quantifiable healing support properties for people who are following an autoimmune protocol or following a paleo
0: diet. So The marshmallows were what had me discover your company because... I've loved marshmallows. I've always loved s'mores. And as my thing is finding out about all the best natural products for pretty much anything, I was looking at marshmallows. I think maybe it's because there was National S'mores Day. I love these obscure (laughs) holidays. And was trying to find a marshmallow you could use for it. Because for one, a lot of the marshmallows that you find sold in the natural product stores are vegan. They don't use any kind of gelatin at all, which to me is a shame because gelatin is a very nutrient-rich thing that we should all incorporate. It has collagen and there's so many benefits of it. I think when it comes to sweets, a lot of times I recommend having things with gelatin like gummy candies and marshmallows are another one. So, you know, that I'm having one of these s'mores, which is well, there's grains typically in it, or at least, you know, very carby with the graham cracker and chocolate, then right, that has right. some sweets in it. And so then I felt like, well, come on, at least with the marshmallow, you can incorporate in some gelatin and incorporate in some good fat. And I was upset to see that so many of these ones didn't have gelatin in it at all. And then I did see some that had gelatin and... They seem minimally processed, some of these ones you'd see in the stores, but they didn't really have much as far as saying where the gelatin came from, that it was grass-fed. I think maybe, you know, just overall it said non-GMO, so well, that was good in terms of, well, I knew that they didn't use GMO sugar with the marshmallows, but really what I wanted to find was a grass-fed marshmallow and doing some research on the internet, that was what led me to your company.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, we check all of
0: those boxes. You do. So that one is certainly a big one for me is having grass-fed labeled on your products. And then you have other ones, which I know you touched upon briefly, and I will just relay to the audience. So the big one, which I know you start for your friend, which is autoimmune protocol or AIP, as it's sometimes called. And then you have paleo and gluten-free. And the last one I know is dairy-free So Explain a little of the benefits you see of each of these diets and why you think it's important to include all of them in terms of what your products are friendly for.
1: Well, a big, big part of it is that you know, our guiding North Star was paleo and then with my best friend's autoimmune conditions. So paleo is, I'm suspecting your audience for the larger part, understands or knows what paleo is, but it's the removal of dairy, grains. Legumes. And then AIP is even more strict. So you remove all nightshades, all nuts, all seeds. So there's no coffee, there's no vanilla, there's no chocolate. Like the restrictions of an AIP diet are tremendous. But what it does is it's removing every known inflammatory substance from the diet so that the body has a chance to heal. And then also communicate what's working and what's not. So you, know, you start with an elimination diet and you remove all nuts and seeds. And then you slowly start introducing those things back in. And what's so beautiful is that your body will tell you instantaneously what's working or if, if there's a food that's creating an allergy. So I feel like I got really lucky. It might make me a really horrible friend. But my friend was so sensitive to every single item that wasn't included in the AIP or the autoimmune protocol. And so if I gave her, for instance, I first started the company, I was using a particular coconut cream, which is allowed on the paleo diet and it works for AIP, but I switched coconut creams and then I gave her one and it gave her a migraine for three days. So I had this really cool litmus test and that's that if I fed my friend and it gave her a migraine for three days, it wasn't safe enough for her to eat. So I'd have to go back and kind of tweak the ingredients I was using. And so the beautiful things about all of those restrictions when creating a product is that it led me to the cleanest product i mean it's just a clean product yes it led me to really whole ingredients you know we don't have preservatives we don't have dyes we don't have any gums or artificial flavors because if i would have used any of those things it would have given my best friend a migraine for three days so i got really lucky and i'm probably a really shitty friend but she was my litmus test if i didn't almost kill her then it was safe
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a very important point you bring up about not using any gums because you do see that a lot of products I know even paleo certification does allow for certain gums and I'm not saying that necessarily that those are bad but for people on things such as AIP you can't have those so it's wonderful to have a product that is able to be on the market that doesn't have any of those and that is tasty and doesn't fall apart or anything proves you don't really need those in order to hold everything together.
1: Yeah, thank you. And thank you for recognizing the value of that. Because I've had two men in their 60s who have spent you know, 40 years in the candy business and they keep wondering, how did you make this work? What are you using for a binder? Are you using you know, a guar gum? Are you using a... I'm like, I don't know how they work. They just have. So <laughs> I think I got lucky in that regard too, because I don't have a background in confection that I wasn't restricted by the limitations that a chemist has. Right? I was restricted by not hurting my friend, and we just got lucky.
0: <laughs> At the beginning, did you have any problem with finding something that would bind them together, or was it just beginner's luck, and right away it held together? It
1: was beginner's luck. Wow. <laughs> totally was, right out the gate.
0: guess fate was just on your side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. I feel like Sweet Apricity kind of has this life of its own. Like She just wants to live, so regardless of what I can or cannot do for her, she's just pretty determined to kind of exist. So I kind of point to that. I was like, these eh, wanted to be here. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And when you first started it, was there a specific quest to find ingredients from companies that you felt were all natural and clean?
1: When I first started, I wasn't as educated at that time as I am now. I mean, I know that I wanted organic. I know that I wanted, you know, as I grew, I understood the importance of sourcing through fair trade or You know, sustainable practices and what's really unique and super exciting about my current product line is that every single ingredient that we use can be sourced through regenerative means. Now, I don't quite know what that looks like, and I don't quite know how to get there. But that's where I get really super excited is like, how do I create a product and a company where we are preserving and restoring and giving back to the earth as much, if not more, than we're taking? So that's what I get really excited about now.
0: So have you changed somewhat in terms of where you sourced from at the beginning to what you're using now? Yeah.
1: Our biggest change was where we're sourcing gelatin, the grass-fed pasture-raised gelatin from. Honey, we went from local then to organic and now to fair trade, because fair trade is going to spend more time doing sustainable practices with honey and with the bees. So, yes, to answer your question shortly, yes.
0: Yes. I like that you bring up the issue of fair trade, because that is a good question of what is involved with fair trade. I know a lot of times... You see fair trade on a product without seeing that it is necessarily organic, but do you find that usually if something gets a fair trade certification, that that's going to mean that they use the cleanest ingredients?
1: As far as like raw ingredients, like honey?
0: Well, that, and I think also, does it mean as far as they're going to typically use organic ingredients? Because I know fair trade, the main thing that it's about is that the workers were paid a fair price for it and... I think it typically also has to do with fair working conditions. So I would imagine if it's fair trade that it would also use organic things because typically if it's not organic, if there's a lot of pesticides, then often workers are a lot of times the people who are hurt most by the use of pesticides. So I would imagine with fair trade as part of, looking for ones where the workers weren't at all exploited at all, that means no pesticides and the whole process of growing everything was clean.
1: Honestly, Erin, I would like to make those assumptions myself. We are always vetting the companies that we're working with, trying to make sure that if it's labeled organic or it's labeled non-GMO or it's labeled fair trade, that they have the records that we can trace back to verify all of that. So, yes. To your point, I do think that fair trade tends to be, because it's kind of more spherical thinking, right? Like they're thinking not only do we need to make money off this product, but we need to ensure that it's sustainable so we can continue making money off this product. And we need to take care of our workers who are also a cost in creating the product. I also think it's important to vet those sources as best as we can,
0: right? Absolutely.
1: And we work to do that with the companies that we work with to the best of our ability at this point. And as we grow, of course, they will create more and more
0: challenges. It is an ongoing process. I know there's a lot of products that I've seen on the market, and there were things that I didn't know about them. And I thank some of my colleagues, such as Mama Momovation, the blogger, who has talked a lot about what you see in some of these products that are even labeled organic. So it is still a learning curve. My whole show is about recommending the best products, and I'm still learning about it myself.
1: Well, and one of the things that the small company, like every penny is accounted for at this point. And so we have not invested in a USDA organic label, which our marshmallows will qualify as. Now, our caramels do not because the coconut cream that we're using in the caramels is not certified organic. And the reason for that is because at the time when I created the caramels, again, I was playing around with coconut cream and every other brand that I used inflamed my friend's brain. So I stuck with a Roy D, if I can name them. That's who we use. And then the other thing is that I recently have been in talks with somebody who is producing organic coconut cream, but they're not producing it at the levels that we need it. So we're a ways off, but our goal eventually is to get to 100% organic. But again, my primary goal is to not inflame my friend's brain. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, absolutely. Makes perfect sense. So you talked about getting to a 100% organic and a USDA organic certification. In addition to that, now regenerative certifications are becoming more commonplace. And there's a few different organizations that have regenerative certification. You talked a little at the beginning about regenerative. Are you also looking into a regenerative certification?
1: Honestly, I don't know what a regenerative certification entails. I'm more interested in setting the process and building the relationships of people who are taking care of the world we live in. Right. So restoring topsoil. I mean, I'm a farmer's daughter from North Dakota. Right. And I've seen what happens firsthand with monocropping for the topsoil. Like the arc of that story was my childhood. So regenerative farming and regenerative practices, they're becoming my newest kind of driving North star. Because again, even just conceptually, it makes sense that we would restore As much, if not more, than we're taking. Like, that just makes sense. Otherwise, it's not sustainable in the long run, right? Right. So a short answer to your question would be like, yes, I would love to be certified regenerative. I don't know what that looks like for all of our products yet, but yes, it's a goal.
0: Right. Well, and I know with your products, it is a lot of sourcing with a bunch of different farmers. The regenerative usually starts with the farms. So I imagine it would be a bit of a process to find all ones that come from farms that are regenerative sourced. But I think that in a few years, and especially I'm saying 10 years from now, I think regenerative organic may be as common or close to as what organic certification is right now. So I think in the future, we'll have more options to source from regenerative organic farms.
1: Absolutely. There's definitely a growing swell of understanding and of knowledge and of education as to what Regenerative means my dream is to move in the direction of completely regenerative, right? whatever that looks like. I don't quite know yet.
0: Excellent. I think that's a great goal to have. You're talking also about where you source some of the coconut products. And I know that's a big thing because a lot of coconuts are sourced from overseas. So can you tell us a little bit more about the different coconut ingredients and what it takes for finding the right places to source them from?
1: As far as our coconut products, I I utilize the skills and the expertise of our local companies, our smaller distribution companies here. So I lean on them to make sure that our coconut sugar, all of our coconut products are organic and fair trade, with the exception of our coconut cream.
0: And coconut, one of the things you use it for is the coconut sugar, and you use a number of different natural sweeteners. I touched upon them at the beginning, and I know you brought up the coconut sugar, the local honey. I know also you use a maple sugar based on maple syrup. So those are three great options for natural sweeteners. What made you decide to use each of those and as well as use a different variety of natural sweeteners? Well, first
1: of all, again, with autoimmune protocol, I know keto is huge and it's been really supportive for a lot of people. But the sugar substitutes they use, so monk fruit, stevia, xylitol, erythritol. So erythritol and xylitol are sugar alcohols that are usually Mm corn-based and are inflammatory for somebody following an autoimmune protocol. So again, my restrictions were always pointed us to the cleanest, most natural products. And I know that there are arguments that stevia and monk fruit are really natural, but they can also still really aggravate people with leaky gut or intestinal issues or autoimmune conditions. So I just stirred clear of the ones that I knew would give my friend a migraine.
0: Right. I'm not a big fan of the sugar alcohols. To me, they're too refined, and the Weston A. Price Foundation, they have a lot of writing on that, which I follow as I am a Weston A. Price chapter co-leader. So I pretty much always avoided the sugar alcohols. As far as stevia and now monk fruit, I know there's a lot of debate about those. My take on them is I think for one, they can be good. They're very hard ingredients I find to work with because you don't want to add too much where it becomes too sweet. I've seen many products where they do great things with it, such as vital proteins use of the monk fruit in their collagen water just to give a little bit of sweetness to it some do it right but i've seen others that oh they add too much and it sounds way too sweet and the other thing with it and i think this is probably the most misunderstood thing about stevia and monk fruit a lot of times people compare them say they're just like the sugar alcohols no but you have to look at what product you're using with them because a lot of products combine stevia with an erythritol. And I think that's where the confusion starts of why they're considered to be alike.
1: Right. And also just the flavors. And to be honest, like I have my own autoimmune conditions that I'm managing with diet, but I don't have digestive issues. And if I eat monk fruit within 20 minutes, like I'm debilitated with stomach cramps and then I can't leave the bathroom for probably another 20 minutes. So Again, a lot of it for me has been trial and error about what my body responds to, what my friend's body responds to. And because we've both spent so much time with elimination diets and really paying attention to what our body's response is to certain foods, that's my guiding star. So if it messes up my body or my friend's body, I don't put it in my products. It's all very
0: personal. And two of the natural sweeteners that you use... I imagine could be great at helping with digestion because I know a lot of people take coconut oil to help with digestion. So I imagine that coconut sugar could have the same benefits of it. And then honey, especially just recently, actually I've found my digestion has improved by having a spoonful of local honey every day.
1: Nice. Yeah. You know, honey is an incredible anti-inflammatory Coconut sugar is an inulin, so it actually is like a prebiotic and will feed the good bacteria. And then coconut oil and coconut cream can both be anti-inflammatory. So, And then the lily puffs. We haven't talked about the lily puffs. So the other product that we developed was caramel sauce. And so we stumbled upon the lily puff, which is kind of having this huge... I can't think of the word I'm looking for. We stumbled upon the lily puff, which it's a popped lily seed from India and... It's been used in Ayurvedic medicine for 6,000 years. And so what's really fun is that we put our caramel sauce on it and then we bake them. So they're kind of like a caramel corn, although I've been told they taste like corn pops, like the sugary cereal corn pops. But they're really fun because there's not a lot of things when you're eating paleo that you get to eat that you get that crunch, Mm -hmm. like popcorn or just something fun and fluffy and crunchy. So we developed the lily puffs with our caramel sauce to create kind of that fun experience of
0: crunch yeah i love your lily pops and it definitely expands your products i feel into something else because a lot of them have been focusing mainly on the sweets and this has a sweet to it but this almost gets it i feel into kind of things like a chip
1: yeah it definitely has kind of that vibe or that feel between the teeth and there's so little because we're just putting a light coat of caramel sauce on it there's not a lot of sugar in the product to begin with So yeah, that's a
0: good description, thank you. They're good, yeah, and I think it's one of the things where we can kind of snack on it more. The others are sort of, you have like a marshmallow or two, but this is one to have a little more as like a snack. Yes. And going back to your marshmallows, I know we talked a little about how you use real gelatin in them, and a lot of marshmallows don't have any gelatin at all. Do you feel yours have extra benefits by using not just gelatin, which traditionally marshmallows have, and it's been lost, but that it's grass-fed gelatin.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's kinder to the environment, right? you get an animal that's mm-hmm. getting to spend happy days outside in the grass. But also it's just there's so many studies showing that grass-fed gelatin is really good at healing tears in the intestinal tract or in leaky gut. Right. So, yes, absolutely. I think there's tremendous benefit that we use a grass-fed, both nutritive
0: and environmental. So currently your product line contains mainly caramel products and marshmallows do you have any plans to expand into other types of products sweets or anything else
1: sweets or savories yep right now we're really focused on just expanding the product line that we have i've been so small and the first two years that i started it this was just a hobby and then this became more than a hobby and so We've just really been focusing on growing the product line that we have and also trying to get costs down. Because I also know what I make is incredibly expensive. So, yes, we have a couple different things that are in product development or have been developed that we don't know when we will be taking them to market.
0: And in addition to other products, as you said, you're mainly focusing on what you have now. In the meantime, will we more likely see maybe a few new flavors of your marshmallows?
1: Yes. We always have different holiday flavors, so we're kind of in the midst of that right now. For October, we have the charcoal, which are one of our best sellers. They're so much fun. And then we have the pumpkin spice, and we'll have a peppermint coming out
0: in November. And the Boo Bites, that kind of fits also with Halloween. Yes, although now they're just called a charcoal marshmallow. Oh, okay. <laughs> we
1: do call them charcoal because we had so much demand, especially from doctors. We had so much demand for the charcoal ones oh. outside of October, so I was like, oh, yeah, we probably should take off the Boo Bite and just call them a charcoal marshmallow because they're so popular outside of just October.
0: Yeah, sometimes the holidays are just a way to test the waters and it can become a regular product. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of the holidays, and that's part of the reason we have you on now is Halloween is coming up. What are your thoughts on eating candy for the holiday or possible alternatives?
1: Oh, man, I have to be careful, right? Because October is kickoff of food season, which kind of goes until Super Bowl. For me. Right, me too. There's all the parties and all the celebrations. Granted, COVID has made things totally weird and lovely in some respects, but I'm a chocolate fiend and I'm really glad we don't have a chocolate product line. But I'm a huge fan of Hugh Kitchen. I'm a huge fan of Pasha chocolate, Santa Barbara chocolate. I can do some organic sugar, actual refined sugar. I prefer the more natural sugars, such as the honey, maple syrup, and Coconut sugar, but those are the chocolate brands that I love to go to, and then other product lines that are kind of in my realm. Paleo Angel she has Power Balls that glow, collagen Power Balls are like little macaroons and they're AIP compliant, and those are amazing snacks to get me through the holidays. Yeah, it is the indulgent season for me and everyone I love. So kicks off in October, ends at Super Bowl.
0: (laughs) It is, and for people that are handing out candy for Halloween. Would you advise them to hand out some type of an organic chocolate or chocolate with more natural ingredients if they're going to hand out something?
1: Absolutely. I mean, especially looking for things, if you're looking for individually packaged products, looking for things that are using traditional sugar versus corn syrup or an invert sugar, I highly recommend those. Unreal That's, is a company. Justin's does really great things. CO Chocolates.
0: All great ones. And... I have an article on the best ones for Halloween candy, because there are a number of companies that make the individual fun size candies that you can hand out. Justin certainly has it. There are a couple others. Ocho. Ocho, yes. Ocho is excellent. Yeah. Also Yum Brands, Tori & Howard's, Raka, Alter Eco, all of yep. those have great options. Yeah,
1: those are all super great companies. Ideally, we've tried doing individuals and the cost is just, we're so little.
0: Yeah, I know that that's why there still are a lot of organic companies that they don't have the individual chocolates. And I completely understand, but those companies have advantages for other times, especially when we're getting to just the end of the year holidays. Some of those are great. And especially because some of the ones that don't have the individual size you can hand out though... They do have large candy bars, which I think work well at the end of the year, because a lot of those ones use things other than cane sugar. I have another article on that of the best chocolates using natural sweeteners. There are ones that use honey, coconut sugar, whole cane sugar. You mentioned who. That's a great one. And just on the market is Dr. Bronner's. They use a coconut sugar and they're a regenerative chocolate.
1: I know he's doing a regenerative coconut oil. So he's somebody on my list that I would really like to have a conversation with because I figure he's kind of tackling the regenerative he is. conversation in the coconut. And he also has the means and the reputation and the long history, right? Right. So yeah, and one of the reasons that I haven't really focused on regeneration as far as our coconut products is because he's kind of got that part handled. <laughs> and I'm like, right now, I feel like the thing I want to focus on first and foremost is regenerative practices Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. that can provide me with collagen.
0: Yes. Dr. Bronner is amazing. They've started with mainly soaps, but they then expanded into coconut oil. And I love that they have these chocolate bars now with regenerative chocolate and coconut sugar. And I can't wait to see what other products they release in the future.
1: Wow, that is so exciting. I was not aware that he had moved into chocolate. So thank you for that. Because we should be friends now.
0: Yeah, it was launched just a few months ago.
1: If we were ever to do a chocolate-covered marshmallow, yeah. we should talk to Dr. Bronner's.
0: Yeah, well, that's a great one to look into. So we're just about out of time, but before we go, is there anything else you'd like to let the listeners know about Sweet Apricity?
1: Well, to all of the listeners who already know about us and support us, I can't say thank you enough. It is our I mean. And for all of those of you who haven't heard about us, Welcome to the Sweet Apricity family. Now, you know.
0: Wonderful. In terms of the Sweet Apricity products, let the listeners know where they can find them.
1: We are sold on Amazon and through our direct through our website, which is sweetapricity.com, that is spelled A P R I C I T Y, sweetapricity.com. We're in all of the Erewhon locations and we will be in the new locations that are opening up in the next year. And that's where you can find us.
0: And let the listeners know what the website is for Sweet Apricity, as well as anywhere they can go on social media to learn more about it.
1: You can go to our website, which is www.sweetapricity, apricity is spelled A-P-R-I-C-I-T-Y.com. You can find us at Facebook slash Sweet Apricity and Instagram at Sweet dot apricity also amazon/sweet slash apricity
0: excellent thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing your experience with our listeners
1: oh aaron thank you so much for having me you're absolutely delightful as i suspect all of your listeners are so thank you for the
0: time thank you you're very delightful too that's all for this episode of the appropriate omnivore new episodes of the show are now released every wednesday next week i interview tim richards of the Philosopher's stone ground Follow me on social media for more information on the next episode. And to make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, and subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore. You can also listen to all my podcasts on my website, appropriateomnivore.com. There you can find recipes from the guests I interview, plus all of my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. Until next time, my pantry is officially closed.